0: Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're
1: listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with Justin Wagner and Kelly Lynn Scalise. And I think, Kelly Lynn, you got something for I us to talk do. about.
2: I do. I do. I've got, I've got a, a couple of investors, Dion and Paige. We're actually focusing on Dion here. Um, Paige was always the breadwinner and kind of did all the finance stuff. He... Enrolled in his employer's 401k back in 2010, and he was 26 at the time, put in 3%, and has now let it ride for the last 13 years. Mm. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. in an index fund, yeah. so working in his favor, we yeah. had a one crazy bull market. Yeah. That's the worst place yeah. to be. And
1: uh, That's, you know, it's not bad. Yeah. As long as you're exposed, I think. Yep.
2: Yeah. That's
3: right.
1: Yeah.
2: So, what? I mean, do you see this often? When you have all people, the time. okay,
3: yeah, all so the
2: time. So this is this is kind of. Well, I mean, here, basically, he said it and forgot it, mm-hmm. which yeah. is well, really kind of what. Which, by the way,
3: now. that is not yeah. an awful strategy if it's set up properly in the first place. Well, let's right.
1: let's make a point too, and I know there's plans out there still that don't have that automatic enrollment. That's option. exactly right. Mm-hmm. If he had not been automatically enrolled, mm-hmm. ouch, right. like,
3: yeah, ouch. And this plan likely had that. Considering yeah. if he's saving three percent and he's getting the three percent match matching contribution, he is
2: getting that. He was yeah. likely
3: auto enrolled. Yeah, um, would would be my best guess. But again, this is not. I mean, we see this all the time. Okay. But well, what, Okay, so
2: where does he go from here?
3: Well, I, I think first like, and foremost, I'll make the comment that, hey, when you start at 26 and you start saving, mm-hmm. first of all, kudos, right? That's yeah. the first big step.
2: I mean, if you're auto-enrolled, that's a great thing. Right. Yeah. Like,
3: you know, starting in your 20s, you have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of compounding. Right, This can become a big number. Um, but what we really like to see is, first and foremost, we try to see folks get to 10 to 15% mm-hmm. of their income that they defer towards retirement. Now, if you're getting a 3% match and you're putting in 3 effectively, you're already at 6 which is great.
2: And keep in mind, his income probably grew over those, over, time. over those years. So he's that's technically correct. adding more. But but just, it's
3: all relative. It's, yes, still, exactly, right? it's still 6%. Exactly. And that's where... We really want to see folks try and increase it by 1% every year. And if the plan has an an auto-escalation feature, you know, it would have
1: already been. Auto-escalation.
3: That's correct. A lot of plans have a feature that say once you get auto-enrolled at 3%. Yeah. It will increase automatically every year by one percent until you get to six or eight or ten. There we go. That's, That's a plan nice. design feature. Yeah, because you know what we have seen eighty percent of the time when you implement things like this, people, some uh, some companies think it's a little bit big brotherish, but a lot of the time when you do that, eighty mm-hmm. percent people don't touch it
1: because yeah. employees want to save, mm-hmm. but oftentimes they want you to do it for them. Well, the problem is if it, starting in the middle. Is a bit difficult because you grow accustomed to how much you Mm -hmm. take home and your budget, whether uh, it's just an implied budget or right. an actual written-down budget, which we prefer, uh, actually adjusts to however much money mm-hmm. you take home. And, and sometimes that's the painful piece, right? That's why Reducing
3: that 1% increase is so simple. Because most of the time, if you're getting a 2 or 3% mm-hmm. cost-of-life adjustment every year anyway, you don't really feel that.
2: No. I've actually always... Increased when I get that review and I get mm-hmm. that raise. That's when I yep. go in and make those changes. Best
3: time to do it. Yeah. Because right. it's yeah. like,
2: okay, well, that's not going to change my take home, mm-hmm. you know. Well, now let's
1: talk for a second, though. The auto enrollment into an SP 500 is a bit right. rare these days, is it not? It is. It's Most of, of the time, date, you see right?
3: target dates as what's known as the QDIA, <laughs> which is your qualified default investment alternative. Okay. okay. And a target date. Investment is... All it does, in, in, in short, it really manages your money based on your particular retirement year. So, the year that's closest to your age, 65. Yeah. Right? So, if you're in the 2035 fund, right, you're probably going to retire sometime in the next 10 to 15 years.
1: Right. Uh, but the thing of it is, that doesn't always fit well, Right. I am a big believer when you're
3: early on in your younger years, I think they're great options. But as we tell a lot of our clients here, as you move closer to retirement, they automatically de risk. Right. Right. They sell off stocks and move to bonds and cash. But that may not necessarily be right
1: for you. Right. Right. And uh, on the other side, it might not sell off enough that's right that's know, exactly there's the right there's a, a variance in risk among every specific person mm-hmm. and you know if you had some reason like you had a pension you obviously think you're going to get social security everyone does right uh but if you had a pension or some other means of income uh there's not much reason for you to de-risk no. coming up to there's retirement no. right that's uh,
3: just d- needs place needs-based planning I correct mean, at, at mm-hmm. its best
1: yeah and I, I, you don't get that deep into a, a participants uh, details or do you? It depends. Okay. I mean, I'll go as deep as a participant
3: wants to go, especially on the plans we manage where the individual may be a client of the firm as well on the individual right. side. We really nail down into asset allocation and looking at how does this relate to your financial plan? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. This and is,
1: any money that you might have saved that's outside.
3: Right. That's right. Because the 401k is oftentimes the largest, if not the second largest asset you own, the people pay uh-huh. zero attention
1: to. Yeah, unfortunately. And we see a growing trend toward Roth 401ks mm-hmm. these days, too. And that, again, is one of those decisions you you make personally, right?
3: Again, it I think we always push to at least make it an option within the plan. That doesn't mean you have to take advantage of it.
1: More options are better than fewer. That's right. And especially for
3: younger folks, the Roth is extremely powerful because if you think about it, if you're only going to make more and move into higher brackets over time, you'd rather pay taxes on that money up front. Right. And who knows what tomorrow
1: holds. I know know, the U.S. has notoriously high taxes, Mm -hmm. but uh, most people assume they're going higher.
3: And the rules always change. And this is the one caveat I always tell folks, right? we're going to play by the rules as they are now.
1: Yeah. If the government Why decides to
3: change the way the Roth works or the pre-tax worth down the road, we'll deal with it at that point. But this is how we're going to structure it now. Sure.
1: Yeah, there would always be a lot of pushback when you start messing with people's retirement after right. they've saved so hard That's to, right. to uh, generate that. Um, is there anything else? I mean, it, you talk about a, a S&P 500 fund. Mm-hmm. Usually fees are really low. Yeah, And within plans, you see various, usually they try to tie to an asset class, right? Right. And I think what's important, though, is to have a well-balanced,
3: like we talked about before, diversification of assets within the plan. That means offering both passively managed options like index funds, but actively managed options as well that are trying to either beat a benchmark or protect risk on the downside. I mean, you've seen the last couple of years, active management has outperformed passive for no the last 12 months. And
1: it's because the they time. do manage risk That's more right. so than just looking for return that marks along with the market. You shouldn't pay a lot of money if you're buying, meaning big fees, right. if you're buying a, a passive investment, an index-type fund. Um, but the fees do get a little bigger when you talk about uh, active management. But, but I can tell you, in the
3: last 12 months, a lot of those active managers have more than justified their fee.
1: Right. Well, and not only that, performance is actually reported after the fee, right? That's right. Net of. And, and that's when you see those performance numbers, mm-hmm. even with the bigger fee, right. are still performing better, getting you a bigger return. So, right. yeah, it's a major piece to think about. Justin, if somebody want to get a hold of you, a business owner, they call 770-429-9166. Ask for Justin Wagner, and he can help you out. Sounds great. All righty. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Dr. Gene Hensler, as well as Bill Lako and Jennifer Thomas, reminiscing about some good old days from Money Talks. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. In all the sharing times, under some weary skies, forgotten.